One cryptocurrency's trip to the moon. Pack your bags, empty your wallets. This is the FOMO story of YFI. Welcome to another episode of the Fool's Gold Podcast. I'm Ryan, the crypto fool, and on the other line, we've got Brian for our more traditional markets. How's it going today, Brian? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, You know, I've been hearing a bunch of uh, people talking heads saying that uh, the the crypto bubble has burst and it is the (laughs) end of Bitcoin, and I guess we'll see. But uh, it it is interesting what's happening. So I'm so sad because last week, Ryan, we had our predictions for 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And one of my over and unders I gave you was, will Bitcoin have over or under a 30% pullback at some point this year? And do you remember what you said? I, I, I said I'd be crazy to do the under, so I did the over. So you did the over. I just calculated. I mean, obviously it could continue to pull back. But I calculated the uh, pullback, and it was 28%. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't been right yet. It's okay. There's still time. Yeah, so we were so <laughs> close. So, but yeah, yeah, like you said, there's still time. We'll see. A lot of year left. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to be hitting that within the first week or so after our... <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, the stock market has been pretty neutral, right? Not too much either way. Yeah, I mean, so far for January, it's gone up quite a bit. Um, but the last couple of days, it's kind of gone sideways. But mm. so overall, good, good for the stock markets. And, you know, nothing, nothing's crazy's happened yet. Okay, well, we'll see if anything happens with the whole uh, inauguration of a new yes. president here in the United That's States. Coming up. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so today uh, we're going to be talking about FOMO. So for any older listeners, FOMO meaning fear of missing out. And uh, I have uh, chosen a a token of interest that I think highlights the idea of FOMO very well. But before we get to that, Brian, do you have any classic FOMO stories in your life? And and maybe while you think of that, I'm going to share one real quick, Uh, give you some time to think. So about a year and a half ago, Popeye's came out with a brand new chicken sandwich do you remember this Brian? I, re- I do remember this yeah. yes and uh it was, it was everyone was talking about it i was seeing huge lines um you know on video and people were just talking about how crazy things were getting at popeyes because everyone wanted this chicken sandwich and i'm kind of a fast foodie i love fast food and i, I really started feeling like i was missing out on this incredible chicken sandwich but i just didn't want to deal with lines i'm not a line guy i don't like people and so uh, I waited, and then I catch wind that uh, Popeyes is actually going to run out of stock, and they will be sold out of their chicken sandwich within a week. And boy, Genius. boy, I, I felt the FOMO there, and I rushed down to the store, and I bought myself a chicken sandwich. I was expecting to wait in line for hours, but surprisingly, no one was at the Popeyes that I went to. I, I guess it was good timing. I just drove right through, got myself a chicken sandwich. It was it was. It matched the hype. I don't know if you've tried their sandwich, Brian, but it was incredible. I, I, I didn't. I was. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Oh. Was it worth the FOMO? It was worth it. You know, I, I'm glad I gave into the FOMO at that case because it was. It, it was everything and more, man. I want you to try it sometime. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, you thought of a story, Brian? Well, just the just recently, actually. I'm. I don't know if you heard, but uh, so Elon Musk, you know, the CEO of Tesla. Did Did you hear what happened? He He sent a tweet out 
just last week. Did you hear about that? He sends a lot out. Is Are you talking about one he sent about crypto, or is this about something else? This is about something else. Okay. So on Thursday, so, you know, with all this, like, you know, big tech stuff happening and privacy, you know, like war on tech, basically, um, Elon Musk, he tweeted out, uh, let's see, what did he say? I think he said, use Signal. I guess Signal is an app that allows you to send like encrypted messages. Okay. It's like an alternative for, you know, Facebook or something like that. Well, the next day after that tweet, a random medical device company named Signal Advanced Inc., their stock price went up by, I think, like 1,500% in like 24 hours or something Whoa. like that. So. <laughs> Because people Signal, thought he was talking about them. Yeah, so Signal, the messaging company, um, it it's not even like public. You can't, you know, you can't invest in in that company. So they came out and uh, they said uh, it has not absolutely nothing to do with Signal Advances stock. You know, and it's understandable that. So this is a quote for them. It says. It's understandable that people want to invest in Signal's record growth, but this isn't us. <laughs> We're an independent 501c3, and our our only investment is in your privacy. <laughs> okay. So, so right there, that there's that's an example, you know, that everybody's speculating and fomoing big time right now. You know, like, I guess that's kind of the environment that we live in. Everybody just wants to invest in the hot new craze before before everybody else does. Right. That that's a perfect story. I hadn't heard that actually. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. It just really happened. Yeah, I need to follow. Week. I need to follow Elon Musk and just like look for words that he tweets out and just just uh, search for that in the stock market and invest in whatever it pulls up. Exactly. It doesn't even have to be good or bad. He can say, "Hey, my stock price is too high," and. <laughs> it'll still go up, you know, months later. Well, you know, I so I asked about the crypto thing, because I know he's, like, before he's texted just, like, Doge, D-O-G-E, and then Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency, f- goes up, like, 100%. You know, it, it, like, <laughs> anyway, so he he's in the in the crypto community. Elon Musk is, is famous for that kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, wow. Anyway, so uh, that that's great, because we're talking today about the infamous... DeFi token YFI, and so our story starts uh, actually the beginning of the year 2020 uh, in the craze called yield farming. And uh, so yield farming, we're not going to get too much into what that actually is. It's kind of complex, but basically, what yield farming is in the cryptocurrency world, you will offer up some crypto to increase liquidity. Basically, you make it available uh, for other people to trade with. And in exchange, you get some of the trading fees if anyone decides to trade with that cryptocurrency. So there's some incentive there for you to offer it up. You also receive, when you offer up your crypto, you get a little token in return. It's kind of like a receipt that keeps track of how much you originally contributed. So how much crypto did you originally put into this liquidity pool? Uh, Here's a receipt saying how much you put in. And then to further incentivize you to do this, you can then take this receipt token and you can stick it into more liquidity pools and you get even bigger yields and even bigger you know, um, returns from doing this. And you can actually do this several times. This is a process called yield farming where you have these little farms 
of where you're putting your crypto into these liquidity pools and then you're you're gaining yield from them and i know especially to people have never heard this before this probably sounds like what is he talking about brian do you remember when we when we first started talking about yield farming like uh, last summer yeah, yeah for sure do you remember what your original thoughts were when i was telling you about it well i just remember that uh when you told me how much they would be paying to do that it was like astronomical and so i was like well i'd be kind of stupid not to do that right mm. like <laughs> that's kind of i was thinking when when you told me how much i can make in it yeah yeah i think it, so at the peak uh, of this yield farming boom uh i guess you'd call it a bubble in some ways uh, last summer they had yields annual yields as high as four thousand percent uh in fact i think Jeez. one that we you and i were looking at was that Forty-seven hundred percent per year, and obviously that's not a fixed rate. And so in crypto, you know that that rate came down pretty quick. But still, the fact that you could even see those kind of yields is just nuts. Uh, and it's all about incentivizing people to participate in this kind of yield farming um, activity. And 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 when I remember when I saw it, and I looked over it, I'm like, "What's the catch here? This seems risky. This seems sketchy." <laughs> like. What is going on? There were a lot of known scams going on at the time, uh, and, and, and overall, it's just really confusing. So along comes a man, a developer named Andre Kranje, and he's from South Africa. And I actually teased about him in our previous podcast, in our predictions podcast. Yeah, I was going to say that that name sounds familiar. Yeah, so Andre Kranje, he's a one-man developing team. So he's a team of developers of just him. He considers himself a, a team, I guess. But anyway, he calls himself Yield Batman because he says, whenever the people are in need of higher yields, I'll be there. And, Shouldn't uh, it be like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? <laughs> That's what it sounds more like, right? Friendly, friendly, yeah. friendly neighborhood yield master. <laughs> anyway, he was voted the most influential person in crypto for 2020. And here's why. So he comes out, again, he's just working by himself. He's a one-man team. He comes out with this application to help simplify this yield farming process. It's a very confusing process. He wanted to make it very, uh, attempt to make it more user-friendly. So he creates this application called iEarn. And it basically works kind of like, I don't know, I I see it kind of like a a hedge fund, but in, in, in a crypto sense. So we're like the investing strategy. You you put your money into this fund and then it automates yield farming for you. So it will automatically take your crypto and seek out the highest yields, the best yields of all the different farms available, all the different liquidity pools to seek you out the highest return possible. And all this is automated. It's all done automatically. You just stick your crypto in and it does it all for you. And so kind of a, a simplistic tool that he created Part of the problem is Kranye is known for being somewhat of a, a a mathematician who only uses pen. Have you? I don't know if you've ever done that, Brian. You trying to do math problems with like a pen, but uh, you make mistakes and your mistakes are permanently there. You got to cross it out, start over, right? Mm, so when he yeah. when Kranye makes his apps, he does the same thing. He doesn't do like a test net. He doesn't he doesn't make his apps and then test them out. He makes his applications public while he's working on it. And so 
people can join into the application before it's finished, before it's been tested, before it's been audited, you know, before it's really even secure. People can try to use parts of his app while he is working on it because he sees it as kind of a form of art. He's not mm. like your typical developer. Um, and so this application that he made, I earn, it wasn't finished. People were jumping in, it had a lot of bugs uh, and people started complaining saying like there are people all over Twitter saying how iron has horrible customer service. I haven't heard back from them. And like all these people are complaining about customer service as if it's like this whole company. And it's just <laughs> this one guy who's just coding for fun. Anyway, it got to be too much. And he steps away from the project. He he's had enough and he says, I'm done. And he leaves. Well, the summer of 2020 DeFi and uh, you know, yield farming takes off. And so he decides to make his return and he takes I earn, turns it into Y earn or yearn, and he creates yearn finance. So he just kind of builds on this application he already had. But the main difference that he introduces is he creates what's called a governance token. So this is a specific kind of cryptocurrency governance token. And this token is, is called YFI or for, you know, yearn finance. And uh, what you can do with governance tokens, there's a lot of uh, different kinds of governance tokens. Basically, if you own one of these tokens, you can vote on any updates, any changes, anything that happens to that application. And so if you own this YFI token, you could vote on what changes you wanted to see at your finance. You can decide. And so it creates this community of YFI token holders who can have a say in how your finance works. So like I said, these tokens are not unique, but what was unique was that Kanye didn't keep any tokens for himself. So he made it clear that he was not keeping any for himself. This is, this is really odd for a developer to do. Usually developers keep some of their cryptocurrency to themselves because that's how they're going to repay themselves. That's how they make money on making these applications, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it costs thousands of dollars sometimes in fees to make these applications. The developer should have some way to repay himself. Anyway, Kanye decided he didn't want any tokens for himself. And so what, what, what that did was that made Wi-Fi different. There was no chance for a rug pull of the developer. Like the developer wasn't going to keep a whole stash for himself and then suddenly leave the project with his millions of dollars and abandon everyone that was using the application. That wasn't going to happen because Kanye didn't have that stash of tokens. Um, another big, big difference here, the community could vote him out of the project. If they decided they wanted a different developer, goodbye to Kanye, and they can choose someone else to take his place. Right? It's all in the hands of the community to vote what happens. That's pretty smart because then you know it eliminates a lot of the risks for investors right right exactly it puts it in their hands right they don't have to rely on the developer doing something sketchy that they don't like or whatever this is really just it became the perfect symbol of what a decentralized community would look like where you put the the power in the people to vote and make decisions for the community as a whole uh, and so this placed some amount of desire on this Wi-Fi token. That was all it was basically used for, though. The token was otherwise useless unless you wanted to vote uh, on decisions for your finance. 
but what made it a perfect candidate for FOMO was that Kanye only made 30,000 total. And that may seem like a lot. But if you consider Bitcoin, Bitcoin is considered to be very scarce. And there's going to be 21 million total of Bitcoin. So when you're saying that there's only 30,000 of this coin, that's a lot less than Bitcoin. This is a very scarce token. It's very rare. And so perfect situation for FOMO, right? Definitely. Just to add to things, as Kanye was announcing this token, here's, here's his announcement post. And I'll just read what he says. In further efforts to give up this protocol, mostly because we are lazy and don't want to do it. Again, he's using the we, but it's just him. We have released YFI, a completely valueless token. We reiterate, it has zero financial value. There is no pre-mine. There is no sale. No, you cannot buy it. No, it will not be on Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange. No, there won't be any auction. We don't have any of it. So basically, he's just declaring to the world, this token is useless. There's no value to it. Uh, we're just giving it out so that other people can control the application because we're too lazy to make decisions for ourselves. Okay, so so sounds like a pretty useless token, right? I mean, even the creator is saying it's useless. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that doesn't stop people from catching the FOMO fever. So I'm going to run through kind of the, the ups and downs of some of the price points of YFI in its early days, Brian. And I want okay. you to maybe think about if you were an investor... And you were seeing these price points as it rose. Tell me maybe what thoughts you'd be having as we go throughout this. Go ahead and just stop me if you have any thoughts. Or tell me when you would buy in. Okay? Okay. All right. And I'm imagining myself as I'm, I'm a fan of this idea and would like to be an investor in this, right? Sure. Okay. If you want to take that position, that's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So um, anyway, so despite Kanye's declaration that it's useless people started getting the token and they started selling it on uniswap even though he said it wouldn't be on uniswap again that's basically just an exchange for people can peer-to-peer exchange tokens sell it to each other and so officially it's listed at starting at 34 dollars per token although i've seen reports of people getting it for cheaper than that at the beginning anyway so it starts at 34 dollars and within the first day the token gains 5,000%. Um, I actually got a notification about it when it was about $900. And this isn't crazy in crypto, so I, I just kind of thought it was some pump and dump or whatever, and I ignored the notification. Uh, a week later, after launching, it hits $4,500, so we're up to 10,000%. Wow. And I hear about it again. And again, I'm just kind of expecting this is just one huge pump. It's going to be a huge dump, and it's going to be a worthless token. Even the creator says it's worthless. Okay, so are, are you still holding off on buying it so far, Brian? Well, I'm. I'm kind of a. I'm probably not the perfect example, but uh, I'm going to try to think if I'm the general public here. Sure. I would. I would probably throw in like a uh, hundred bucks. You know, just be like at this point, be like, you know, okay, I'll. I'll I'll dabble in it a little bit. Okay, so at this point you'd be dabbling in it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So a little before me. So I, for I'm for me I'm still out on it. But three three weeks later, three weeks go by, and the token is just trading sideways. No dump. 
It doesn't go up any higher, really. It stays around $4,500 for three weeks. And this is actually, in real life, this is actually when I checked on it again, and it was still at $4,500. And I actually kind of started to pique my interest because there was no dump. It was some kind of stability in price. So I set a notification. The next day, it jumps up to $6,000. And so that's when I go in to buy. And actually, I just checked our text history, Brian, and I actually texted you about this this coin when it was $6,000. Um, <laughs> Dang it. I know, right? So I actually went in to buy it. Um, I went to Uniswap, but at the time, again, this gets a little confusing on how Uniswap works, so I'm not going to go into all the details, but basically you have to pay fees depending on how congested the network is, and the network was very congested because this is in the middle of yield farming, DeFi fever last summer. Uh, anyway, so I would have been paying about 25% of my investment would have gone towards fees to buy it. Whoa. And so I was only putting in a little bit amount, kind of like you, Brian. I'm thinking it's, it's okay to just dabble in it. Why not? So I decided I would wait until the, the fees come down, the network is less congested. That's when I'd buy in. Well, of course, the fees never came down. A couple of days later, it was up to $16,000 which is 50,000%. Um, so we're at about a month or so after the coin was released. Um, shortly after that, it passes the price of Bitcoin and it gets up to $43,000 uh, after about six weeks after it launched. So in six Holy weeks, smokes. it raises over 100,000%. What Do you know what kind of market cap it brought it to? It was over a billion, I believe. Oh, man. And since then, so it peaked around 43500 or so, and then it's, it's dropped down. Um, so it's had its ups and downs. It's currently at around $30,000. But again... Wow, that's better than I would expect. I thought it would would have crashed big time yeah. after doing something like that. Right. I think it did crash down into the 20000 and then it's it's gone up to 30000 But But yeah, still, it's still trading for a lot, all for a token that the creator said was worthless that the creator said uh, has zero value. And, and and since then, Kanye has even made fun of people for buying it, saying that it's all a Ponzi token that people are buying into. <laughs> I mean, you know, what a what a creator. <laughs> Just, this is, is this, uh, so it's this guy, is he like the Elon Musk of crypto? Like people just have a following and whatever he says, they just do do whatever they want. Like that's... Is that sounds kind of like that? Absolutely, Brian. And this is where the story is going. He, okay. He has he, at this point he has gained fame across the crypto community, similar to Elon Musk. People just go with whatever he is doing because it's gold, right? Right. Whatever he touches turns into gold. Yeah, exactly. So after this whole Wi-Fi blast shot to the moon, a moonshot here, um, Kanye starts telling people that he has no vision. He has no plans. He has no goals. He said that for now it's fun, but maybe in a month, Wi-Fi is no longer fun, and I go back to playing Warcraft. So he just sounds like he's just trolling everyone. I, he's just such an interesting guy. Anyways, people catch wind of a new project, a new Kanye project that he is working on, and they search it out. And again, he works on all of his stuff out in public. So it's unfinished stuff that people can view and see. Anyways, so people search out his new project. And once they find it, they pour in $15 million. This is 
a project that isn't even officially announced. It's not tested. It's not released to the public. It's not audited. There's no safety guarantees. But people pour in $15 million just because Kanye is working on it. Well, within hours, someone takes advantage of vulnerabilities in the code because, again, it's not finished. And this, this person drains all $15 million from this project. Oh my goodness. Should have seen that coming, right? Yeah. So people are mad because they feel like Kanye ripped them off because he didn't build his unfinished application well enough. And then they find out that half of that money that was stolen, half of the $15 million, was actually transferred to Kanye's developer account. Uh, I was just going to ask... Do we know if he was the one that actually hacked his own code, right? Right. So he's saying, hey, I'm not going to take any of this these coins, you know, And but he's swindling everybody secretly. And and you think about it. I mean, he has the perfect, perfect alibi. Oh, no, I was just working on this application. It wasn't done. It's not my fault that you all aped into putting millions of dollars into this. And then he knows that there's a vulnerability. Well, he it, it seems like he knew nothing about it. And he has denied knowing anything about this. He uh, refunded, with the money that was sent to him, he actually got it redistributed back to the people that put in money. Again, that was only half the money that was stolen, but it's better than nothing. But still... So it, so it could yeah. have been somebody trying to just ruin his name and just send it to him and be like, hey, look, it was him that was doing the whole time. It could have been. So it could have been, okay. Could have been, or it could still could have been him. And uh, he only sent half of Got it to caught. himself. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think it was. Anyways, th- people start launching, lo- uh, you know, filing lawsuits against him because they think it was unfair of him to release this application before it was finished. Uh, anyway, so he abandons the game. He gives that up. But, so you think, okay, hopefully people have learned the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So he decides he wants to work on another project, but he decides it may be best if he gets out ahead of it and gives a warning about this project. So instead of people f- searching around and finding his unfinished project, he's just going to tell them, hey, I'm working on something. Do not put any money in it because it's not done. So here's what, here's his quote. He says, um, basically he says, I'm making another, doing another project. This is 100% valueless, not in the meme sense, as in this is an experimental concept to be further developed and co-collaborated on, this won't be used in the future. So the application that he's making will not be used in the future. He says, don't put funds into it. I promise I will create things for you to use your funds for, but this is not it. It sounds like he's begging people to not put money in. I don't know if this guy's like a reverse psychologist or what, but within hours after tweeting that out, $6 million more was pumped into this, this uh, third application that he was working on. And uh, anyway, so I feel like it illustrates this FOMO feeling that people have about Kanye projects, about the Wi-Fi token. People don't want to miss out on the next big Wi-Fi moonshot. Well, it kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a couple of like hedge fund manager, not really hedge fund managers, more of like just investors, cap, venture capitalists, I guess, um, in in the uh, stock world that everybody just kind of flocks to because everything they, they touch seemingly turns into gold. Hmm. And so I, I, have you heard of any of these names? So one of them, his name is Bill Ackman. Oh, I've heard of him, that, yes, yeah. Yeah, so he... 
he actually, we talked about, I think we talked, maybe mentioned him in our SPAC podcast. So mm-hmm. he has a SPAC right now. And basically, you know, just to refresh your memory, SPAC is basically a bunch of people just putting in cash and they give it to an investor like Bill Ackman and he has to find a deal, right? And so he's got all this huge piles of cash that investors are just saying, hey, uh, we're going to put money with you because we think we're, you're going to find some great deal and and uh, make us a lot of money, basically. Hmm. Um, and then the other one, I'm sure you've, you've heard of, uh, I don't know how to say his name, but Ch- Chamath Palahapatiya or something like that. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> Wait, you're sure I've heard of him? No, but I've <laughs> never heard of him. popular. <laughs> okay. So... He's a venture capitalist, and like he's, he's he was so the one... popular that we don't know how to pronounce his name. I gotcha. Okay, <laughs> he's he's very very uh, well known right now. He's like basically known as like the like new Warren Buffett because um, basically everything he touches just makes tons of money. So he has a bunch of like spacs going on, and people are just flocking into it, and they don't even know if they're gonna find a deal or not but they're you know these SPACs you can invest in like they're actually ticker symbols like they're skyrocketing right and it's like just all speculation um so i think he was one of the ones that like took uh what's it called that space company nasa oh virgin galactic oh okay yeah yeah okay yeah so he was one of the big investors in uh like venture capitalists that that did Mm. that one um which obviously did really well and so Anyway, so it just kind of reminds me of that. We're, we're in the day and age where people are so, like, they want to take on so much risk. They're so, you know, eager and greedy <laughs> and FOMOing that they'll find somebody that they believe in, right? Whether it's Elon Musk or it's Bill Ackman or this, uh, you know, I don't know how to say his name guy <laughs> uh, or even... I keep thinking of Kanye, but it's not Kanye. What's Kanye. his name? Kron? Cr- What's his name? Oh, Cr- Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Kanye. <laughs> I just think of Kanye. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of just the environment we're in, which is which is crazy, which is probably not going to be a, a good ending to all this. Right. And people just have this money that they want to throw at someone and that will make them rich for them. Um, so, so here's a the question then. Where do you think there's a place for FOMO? In investing, whether it's crypto or stocks, I mean, do you think there is a place for it? So, here, let me tell you a little bit about my experience with FOMO. Sure. And maybe this answers your question, maybe it doesn't. But so, me, generally speaking, when it comes to not big money, like just, you know, not investment speaking, I FOMO a lot, like in, you know, things like sales, you know. Mm. like retail. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if there's like a deal that says 50% off limited time and it's something I'm interested in, like I love basketball shoes, right? I collect basketball shoes. So like I'm usually all over that, even though I know they typically have the same sale or even better (laughs) sales later on, right? But in the stock market, I actually have, I think the opposite of FOMO. I have what I call Fogey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Being an old fogey. No, F-O-G-I. So this is... Is this your of, turn? Is this th- your This term? is my term. Okay. I don't know if it's a real term. Okay, but, okay. Um, I call it fear of getting in. Okay, I like it. So for, ex- so for example, when the stock market, you know, crashed last year in, you know, on, on March 23rd is when it, when it bottomed. 
um, there was a huge rally right after the Fed announced like all the tools they were going to use to help keep the economy going. Do you remember that at all? Yes, I do. Yeah. So it rallied about 20% over the next three days. And so I had, I didn't have any substantial money in the market when it crashed and I had some, a decent amount of money, um, saved up in cash that I can invest. And it was, you know, after that going up 20%, I did have a little bit of FOMO and, but I was told that was the first time I really heard about FOMO and what that was. And so I was very apprehensive to put money in, which I'm sure a lot of people were because obviously the market just tanked like 40%. Yeah. But, um, so I put in a little bit of money, um, not very much. I could have put in probably 10 times that amount of money and, Obviously, since then, the market has rallied 45%, you know, so (laughs) I think it was one of those, like, you know, situations where a lot of times, whether the market is going down or the market is all-time highs, I have a fear of putting money into the market, which I think a lot of people do have. So I think it really depends on when you get the FOMO in, at least in the stock market. Like, do you want FOMO at the top after a huge run, you know, like we've had, like if I was like, okay, now it's time to go all in depending on my time horizon. If I was going to look out 20, 30 years, I'd probably be okay. But usually you'd probably want FOMO after, you know, there's a huge downturn and people were starting to get back in it. So it's very hard to time that. And so to me personally, being motivated by fear at all, right? Fear of not, or fear of missing out or for me, fear of getting in, like you shouldn't be making decisions based off of fear, right? Um, and so that's kind of my opinion when it, when it comes to investing, at least in the stock market is, just try to get rid of emotion, try to get rid of fear and invest based on logic and information. Right. And I think that's where it goes for me too. You know, another common acronym since we're throwing those out is FUD, (laughs) F-U-D, right? Fear, uncertainty, doubt. All these are playing on your emotions. And if you become a a trader or investor that is making decisions based on your emotions, I think that is where you can make mistakes. But I, I don't think necessarily FOMO is a bad thing if it motivates you to look into the fundamentals of something and look into the technicals of it. And, and and even then you're not guaranteed to do well on some investment, but at least you can have some kind of um, uh, certainty in your decision-making, I guess, and feel confident in in your investment because you have something to base it on more than just emotions. Totally. There's a difference between, you know, taking a calculated risk or a leap of faith versus I'm so nervous that I'm not going to get rich like everybody else is, you know, a little bit of a difference. Right, exactly. Anyway, so that wraps up the story of YFI, the token that shot to the moon. And it's very interesting developer of Andre Kranje. Keep an eye out, I guess, for uh, any of his future artistic projects, his applications that he makes, because you never know, the next YFI may be out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fool's Gold Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, how about a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to? And check us out on the socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Fool's Gold. That's G-O-A-L-E-D. 
But until next time, Brian, I'll talk to you later. All right, see you later.